So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season five, episode four of Before the 90 Days. In this episode, Ella casts some spells and Johnny gets some herbs. Mike meets Jimena and her kids and her whole extended family. Memphis and Hamza get caught violating the sleeping arrangements. Gino and Jasmine discuss whether his ex is stupid. Kim chaperones Usman's not date with Rosarie. And Elijah is there to put a damper on whatever it is Caleb wants. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you will be watching the upcoming season of Love During Lockup, we'll be covering that on our other podcast, Love After Lockup UK. All right. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you? Happy New Year. Yes. Happy New Year. We didn't. Yeah, wait, this is the first time of the first one of the new year. Good job. Um I'm doing pretty good. This uh, uh my, my school's back to virtual for the next couple next couple weeks. So things oh, are really things are going crazy. Yeah, and they finally, finally today said, Oh, I guess you can work from home instead of coming into the building to teach virtually. Oh. So da. <laughs> yeah, very fancy, but I mean it's just it doesn't matter when we go back. I know we're just gonna get slammed with cases and absences and covering classes and things like that too so okay well i will tell you that i was out yesterday um and it was planned um because you know i was on my way back and fully intended on being back um for monday but it ends up that uh i hit a snag with uh testing timing so there's no way i was going to be back so i had a sub all lined up and then i was super pissed because that sub basically showed up you know great and she got pulled into another because they're like, oh, well, we need you more somewhere else. It's yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. I set that up so my students could do something. And then you decide to pull the sub for someone else who was in more need. That made no sense to me. And uh, uh, I didn't have as many students as I thought would be out. out. So I saw... You know, half my group today because we're on block schedule. And I think I only had four absences total through the whole day. So I don't know. I'm hoping it stays that well, way. Well, we'll we'll see because um, before before break for me, my school had 500 kids on quarantine. Oh, my um, goodness. So that was and that was before Omicron hit. And that was already like begging teachers to cover during their planning period and bringing in like security to cover classes and all kinds of stuff already. So it makes sense why we why we switched the way we did. Right. Um, we actually are offering free um, at home testing. Okay. So um, you just go to the front office, pick up a little like test or whatever. So I oh, I'm we don't hoping... have any of those in stock. Nobody can get a hands on well, test we here. Just got them. I think <laughs> on Monday um, they were later than they said they were going to be. But I mean, that's still pretty good. So I, you know. Hopefully the ones that are sick are uh, okay. We've definitely turned yes. this into. Like, do you know? I was going to say. Do you know who does? Do you know who doesn't care about COVID and coronavirus? No, and it's no. this show at all. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, actually, no. There are some people on this show that care about COVID, and that's Ella and Johnny. Okay, that's right. <laughs> all right, so let's start with Ella and Johnny then. So Ella, we see her. She's back, and this time instead of fighting with a dummy, she's having a witchcraft ceremony. 
to make their upcoming meeting with Johnny go well. There's a lot of talk about like manifesting stuff and Mother Moon. Ella tells us that she has been Wiccan for about a year, but had dabbled in it since college. Her coven is called the Sacred Journey. And it feels like a whatever productive way to live her life. I'm actually not going to go on her religion too much. Whatever works for you. But they do some spells and make a potion for it to all work out. And then we switch to Jinan, China, where we meet Johnny, who is donning a full hazmat suit. Gosh. Uh, with, it wasn't even like a hazmat suit. It was a white room. It was a clean room suit. And it was mm-hmm. a clean room suit with a K95, a KN95 and a clear face shield, which is what he was going to wear on the plane to um, stay away from COVID. So he wants to stay healthy, but obviously his biggest health concern right now, at least obvious to him, is with his girlfriend, or more specifically, her weight. He visits a traditional a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine, which is probably not like Western medicine, because <laughs> we'll see, um, to help find a solution to the problem. He says that he loves Ella's face and her personality, mm. and that he's her number one Asian man, oh, but gosh. like her belly is big, and she'll be more beautiful and healthy with less weight. The doctor asks about her diet, and then they just say a whole bunch of stereotypes about American stuff, like they only eat meat and chocolate, and they binge <laughs> eat. If their average meal would be like, make us throw up, things like that. And it's like, it's obesity caused by eating too much. Either way, Johnny wants to see if there are any like herbs or something he can bring. So, of course, she gives him a prescription and he's off. While he's getting the prescription filled, Johnny tells us about how American women are sexy and very independent, but they're also fat. Anyway, he recognizes that things are going to be very difficult for him in Idaho, and he's mostly worried about doing ranch work. I mean, he wants to be a cowboy, so it's not all that bad. Then he goes to have some – eat with some friends. He tells his friend that he and Ella have a sparkle. I think that was just supposed to be a spark. Spark, yeah. Uh, um, and then the fattest friend starts giving him a hard time about her weight. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Always but the fat ones. to be fair, he does like come back at her, <laughs> come back at him and be like, this dude's fat. What is he talking about? Um, so anyway – he he's, has his whole plan. He has to go quarantine in Singapore for two weeks before tra- traveling to the States. So he um, has quit his job at an electrical car manufacturer. Um, and, you know, the friend gives him lots of questions about why he's doing this. And, you know, he tells us that you know, he's 35 now and he's really running out of time to get married again. And he plans on proposing to Ella on this trip. So next we see Ella waking up early to get in a video chat with Johnny because of the time difference. But she needs help from her dog and her clearly sleeping roommate <laughs> Sonia to dress up like sexy Naruto um, mm. for Johnny, which mm. involves a big blonde wig. So eh. she looks to be, yeah, she looks to be hoping that Johnny will be turned on by the whole thing. But he says that it reminds him more of Sailor Moon than Naruto, which I got to give him is, was pretty fair. Yeah. Um, he says the word like sexy like a thousand times. So he hopes that they can do cosplay together, both in and out of the bedroom. They move on from the sexy talk and start talking about how Johnny will adopt a ranch life. He says that it will be a small part of their life, but actually Ella corrects him and says it's actually going to be a big part of his life. And he's like, that's OK. I liked the zoo when I was a kid. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Ranch, zoo, looking at animals. That's it. Maybe you should so watch she Yellowstone. She has when he's going to be in the States. Well, that's a completely different that, – that's just rich people ranches. That's different. Um, when they're going to be back in the States and says, uh, eh, he should get his visa result in the week, but COVID is going to make getting there a huge problem, you know, which is going to be a – well, getting back is what he's mostly worried about, getting back yeah. into China after spending time in the States. And that's going to be a hard because, you know, his son is there. All right. So uh, 
How do you think Johnny is going to react when Ella definitely will not lose any weight? <laughs> oh, gosh. This is going to be like a nickel and... Uh, oh, and as in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as in situation. Yeah, almost there, lazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It seems like he's kind of desperate. And what I find very interesting about this particular scenario, which we don't really see a lot of on this show, is we see a lot of people who are, you know, dating for uh, people from another country because they claim that there's no one left that they could possibly date. No but, one in China. No yeah. one in the of the two billion people in China. None of them are for him. Okay, but I was gonna say that's actually much more of an issue in Asia and specifically China because the amount of men like very much outnumber the number of women in China. And so it's one of those things where it is much harder for men in Asia to date um, women in that are close to them. I mean, that's just, you know, they, they've done some really interesting papers and things on like kind of that effect of the, like the one child, the one child policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has kind of led to this. Um, so, I mean, he's not wrong in that, uh, you know, there's limited opportunity or more limited opportunities than say someone who lives in a more gender balanced, um, you know, sure. where there's more of a single uh, pool of people. Um, but at the same time, I was very much rubbed the wrong way. So, oh, full disclosure, since I was gone last week, um, I did not see last week's episode. I kind of listened to the podcast and jumped in on this week's episode just because of time. You know, I got back too late to watch both. Um, so I did not see the episode. So I'm just saying this based on this last episode. Um Johnny making some real poor life decisions already. <laughs> like, I don't know if they yeah. revealed in the first episode that he had a child. Yes, and they that did. In the they did preview, they they say that he's supporting his parents and his kids as the primary breadwinner. And it's like you have that family situation and you're going to abandon them, quit your job, move away for three months. How is this family going to survive without you? I just thought it was incredibly selfish. He knows he's not staying for three months. He knows he can't get a job in the U.S. Right. Right. And, you know, he has, and that's why his son is living. He made, said that in this episode, why his son is living in with his parents is because he's working in Shanghai. Right. Right. Which is uh -huh. decently far away. Now, the, the Chinese geography and cities always like throw me off because I had to look up, you know, I look at the city in China, Jinan. I have to look yeah. it up. It's bigger than L.A. Yeah. Like, like, well, at the same time, I feel like most cities <laughs> over there are probably bigger than LA. They are. They are. It's just, yeah. it's just, I'm saying in China, it's, it's weirdly specific about like, you know, you hear about, and it's totally our Eurocentric view, right? Mm -hmm. You like, you've heard of European cities that have like 500,000 people and you have not heard of Chinese cities that have like 13 million people in them. It's right. crazy. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so it is a yeah, questionable thing he's doing i mean I, unless he's just sure he's gonna be able to get this job back and it just ends up being like a well if you get fired for not being here then we can't hire you back but if you quit first and then come back and get the job it might be waiting for you when you get back right i also wonder a little bit if ella's gonna be paying him under the table for doing these ranch chores uh i, I mean she should if he's actually contributing to the ranch he 
should she, she should be getting something out of it more than you know Naruto cosplay. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> which he questionably doesn't even like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's or a, just confused by it. Yeah, it's it's one that's definitely a. Naruto is a uh, is an aiming younger anime. It's not like one of those like mature like oh you know, yeah adult with like animes. the boobs out like yeah yeah. yeah. I was um, gonna so say I, I don't even recall like very many women in it, and they're like kids though, right? Yes, they're like kids. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's been on forever. There's like you know a thousand episodes of it, so I've never <laughs> watched very much of it. But like I don't know. It just whew, there's a lot with Ella. Like yeah. and. I don't know if Johnny is prepared for how much she's going to be if he even gets here. And that that's the thing we're also questioning now too, right? He's still waiting on his visa to come through. He's going right. to come through Singapore. It's a weird situation. Not really – have we seen that before on Before the 90 Days where the where the other person came to America? Or has I thought Before the 90 Days was almost always – have we? Actually, now that I think about it, I think I might be getting it mixed up with the other way. Because I was thinking, Ji Hoon came to America. Yes. But they were on the other way. And that was a weird. But they might have been on the other way after, before the 90. So you might be right on that. Uh, no, I think they were just on the other way. Because I think what happened was they came to visit first oh. because she was having the baby here. And okay. then she was supposed to move to Korea after. Uh, yeah, so let's just briefly touch on the weird parts of their physical relationship. I feel like that poor dog has seen some shit. Oh, like, she, he has. So I, I feel like we left out last week. We kind of lost it, got lost in the mix. Um, Ella had an extensive vibrator collection. Oh, gosh, that poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> so that poor dog has definitely seen some things. Oh. Because she uh, is not – and that dog is just going to be like, yeah, I'm sitting on this bed. I don't give a shit. Like, you're going to do your business, whatever. Like, Oh, God. Um, <laughs> also, I just thought it was incredibly rude yet kind of funny but mostly rude that his friend is like, well, aren't you worried she's going to squish you? <laughs> I mean – I. It, his friend is like – I like how his friend automatically assumes that she's going to be on top for most of the time. <laughs> like because that's the only way you're getting like squished, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. And also I love how it was the fattest friend that asked that question, The fattest friend right? that said it, yeah. Like yeah. won't she squish you? It's like, uh, I look at you and I feel like you would squish me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and the, uh, it, it's definitely something like – I mean it's – I would worry about it more the other way like with a fat dude. Mm -hmm. Because even when – I'm going to be very specific about it. Even when the girl's on top, most of her weight is on her knees, not mm. on you. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. So it was it was hilarious to me when I saw him suiting up in his little whatever COVID suit because yes. last year I actually – there was two people on my flight that had those suits on and I just thought it was like – a little bit of overkill. And then my friend just texted me yesterday the same thing that was on his flight. He was in Asia and I would think he was flying to Dubai. And he was just like, oh, my gosh, look at these idiots. And it's just like <sighs> it's overkill because I feel like you can obtain the same amount of safety without the suits. Yes. Well, the, I mean, what do the suits? The, and like I said, those are. Clean suits. 
Yes. Those are when you're working like in a scientific laboratory and you're working on like, um, you know, in a clean room with like delicate electronics. They can't get any dust on it. That's what you wear for those. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't necessarily – it's not necessarily a – it's not a hazmat suit. It's not right. a – Anti bio, whatever. And it doesn't seal anything in. That's what I find ridiculous. It's like, do you really think you're going to get COVID just because your arm comes into contact with something COVID exactly. like? And it's like, for, that for seems a known ridiculous. for a known respiratory airborne virus. Right. Like you know, it doesn't transmit on surfaces. You know, you're not going to get it because it's on your arm, right? right? So yes, but he didn't. Now, to be fair, they probably filmed this right at the peak of COVID last year. Okay, right. That's probably when they filmed this. That's probably when he was getting ready to take his plane trip. And I mean, at, at some point I'm looking, I'm just looking at what, you know, the numbers are in other countries and what they are here. And it's like, maybe overkill would have been a little bit better. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, going to say it has blown up here. So I was gone for two weeks and, you know, like I checked my Facebook feed and then even my sister, like her whole family, including my sister, they're all vaccinated and boosted and they got it. Yep. And so it's just crazy, you know, it just seems like vaccination status doesn't seem to matter when it comes to the transmission. Now, I will say that it does matter when it comes to hospitalization rates. But, um, you know, it just seems like everyone was getting it. And, you know, everyone was worried about me being away and traveling. No, but, you were, you, they were probably way fewer cases in Thailand than there were. Well, and I was going to say, and in my particular situation, we were basically quarantined on a boat for 12 days. And so it's one of those things where it's like, I felt like I was in the safest position we all had to take uh everybody on the boat had, or at least my group took a test before we got off and we were all negative because my sister was saying oh it doesn't even matter if you're negative now she's like i tested negative twice like with you know uh when i found out i had exposure before i had a positive you're gonna be positive and i was like how that's not possible no no i mean i i yeah that was safer than going to a laker game or something i that's know for sure. right Okay, uh, so let's move on to another couple that we didn't really see much of, um, at least on this episode, and that's Gina and uh, Gina. Gino Gina and Jasmine. Gina. He's going to uh, be Gina now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the morning after. And so where we had left off, it was a did he or didn't he take off his hat? And Gino is wearing his hat the morning after. He makes a joke about Jasmine blowing him, you know, away. And then he giggles like a teenage boy. Uh, Jasmine describes Gino as savage in bed. And for the record, Gino didn't need the blue pills. Gino eventually did take off his hat once the lights were off and she couldn't see his head, but she could at least feel it. They later go souvenir shopping where Jasmine calls Gino's ex-wife stupid and protests all the Brazilian decor that Gino has in his house that his ex-wife had bought. Gino has learned never to talk about his ex because Jasmine gets mad and won't talk to him for like a day. But then Gino teases a secret about being friends with an ex. All right. So do you think Gino's relationship with his ex is inappropriate or that Jasmine is just that crazy? Well, okay, so I think Jasmine's just that crazy. Mm -hmm. We don't know the details of his ex, though. Right. Because we don't we it was implied that it's not his ex-wife. Right. It's like an ex-girlfriend. Right. Sure. Which can definitely has a sliding scale on what is appropriate and what is not, right? It's somebody I dated for a little while 10 years ago and she's married to somebody else now. Uh, okay. Like that that more appropriate than, oh, this is somebody I broke up with six weeks ago and we dated for five years and like 
she's still trying to hook up with me, then no, it's not appropriate to be friends with them, right? Okay, there's, but there's even then, scale. I doubt that that's what's happening because as Gino has said, and if we are to believe him, it's been seven years since he's had sex or been in a relationship. So okay. if he had an ex yeah. that was actively pursuing him, it seems like he would kind of be on board with that, at least for like a hookup maybe or something in the meantime of these seven years of loneliness as he's, you know, leading us to believe. That's true. Yeah. I mean, so you're thinking it has to predate then the ex-wife because he, he said that, right? I haven't, been, I haven't been with a woman since my divorce or whatever. Right, right. Oh, I'm sorry. His stupid ex-wife. Oh, God. Because she's, she's stupid. She's stupid. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I actually appreciated that he didn't necessarily, like, play her up. Like, she. I think it was a very healthy balance of, like, you know, she's not stupid, you know, and that's it. So she was like, she's not stupid. And she's like, you're beautiful ex-wife. He's like, no, just my ex-wife. Like, yeah. that. She, there doesn't need to be right. an adjective She's not there. anything more. She's not anything less. She's just not, you know, she's just not stupid. And I thought that was very fair of him. But of course, Jasmine is unreasonable. So it doesn't matter how fair he is about it. No, no. I mean, I think, I don't know. I feel like that's a, that's, that is to me on the other side, that's a red flag. If you're just like, yeah. if you're like, all oh, my exes are total bitches and they're crazy and nobody likes them. I'm like, oh, that, <laughs> right. wait, is it all of them? Like, I I feel like there's a common theme here and it's not that they're all bitches. It's that you dated them all. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, to, I, I'm, I'm with that. But I do. I do empathize with her. I, I forgot the Brazilian thing that her wife mm. and his ex is from Brazil. I do empathize with being like, I don't want to go to your house and see all this Brazil stuff, knowing yeah. that that was literally all from your ex-wife. Right. right? I, I totally get that. But, you know. She's unreasonable and there's better ways to bring that up than is like stupid ex-wife with stupid things. Take this magnet. It says Panama on it. <laughs> yeah, it is weird too. It's like, okay, so you're going to Panama out his house and that's yeah. the way of like, you know, cleansing it. Wallpaper the word Panama over the word Brazil on everything. That's going to fix it. Right. Yeah. Why don't you just sage the place? I feel like that's probably easier. Oh, no. I, I can't even. Honestly, yeah. She seems like the kind of person who would stay there for a little bit. Be like, nope. This place reminds me too much of your ex-wife. We need a new house. Let's oh, move. Gosh. We need no, to go somewhere I, else. I believe it, too. Yeah. She's like, too many memories here. Too many memories. Get a new house. Yeah. That bedroom, same bedroom you have sex with me, you had sex with her. Nope. Yeah. I can't, can't do it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's just – I mean, we obviously – it seems like they're really going to get a kick out of asking him super personal bedroom stuff just to get him to laugh. Oh, gosh. His laugh. Oh, And you know they're going to keep doing that. They're going to keep doing the how was, he, how was he? Oh, what did you what did you do in the bedroom? He's just going to be <laughs> – Oh, no. But I think he knew that what he had said was dirty sounding was and that's why he couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Yes, it was. Yeah, he did have a double entendre in there. I can't. What, yeah. what did he say? He said, "Oh, oh she blew she me blew away. Me. She blew but me he, away." He, he's like, "He blew me away." <laughs> oh, she really kind of blew like, oh, me away. Oh, I know what away. I just said. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, Gene. Oh man, but he's like a fourteen-year-old boy when it comes to jokes. He so. is. All right, so let's go to I don't know somebody else who kind of acts like a fourteen-year-old boy, and that's with Memphis and Hamza. Yeah. So we begin with Hamza and Memphis leaving the airport. He's really stretching his English, asking about how she likes Tunisia. But 
can't answer much when she keeps asking, like, how are we getting home? Are we taking a cab? What are we doing? He's like, car, get in car. The whole language thing is immediately more difficult than either of them imagined it would be. But he guides her and corrals her into his friend's car and they're off for home, which is apparently two hours away, giving her plenty of time to complain about how his phone wallpaper is his picture of himself instead of a picture of her. Of course he doesn't understand. Which she doesn't understand. She's like, that's you. And he's like, yes, it is me. And she's like, but it's on your phone at me. And he's like, my phone is <laughs> very confusing. Um, <laughs> Big boobies. Anyway, she, she claims that this hurts her self-esteem, which is due to a lot of baggage she carries from a past relationship where it just sounds like the guy never wanted to have sex with her. Um, so he tries to solve the problem with a one-sided kiss. Like he totally kisses the side of her mouth and she's <laughs> not like into it and – Talking about and it, and that doesn't really work. Also, talking about her boobies, which <laughs> naturally takes the conversation to sexy time. And the sexy time conversation is a good opportunity to tell her about the room situation, which, to his credit, he does take that opportunity, even though she immediately calls him out for being a liar. Memphis thinks this is a really big problem because she wants to test drive this car before marrying it in two weeks. And especially due to that past boyfriend he had where, where you know, intimacy was a problem. So they ride in silence in each other's arms for a while and she's still kind of mad about the room situation and very nervous about meeting the family because she's a single mom with two baby daddies and she doesn't know how that's going to go over with his family. So they get there and they climb and climb and climb and climb many stairs. So when the door opens, Memphis is just completely out of breath. So uh, Raiwa, his sister, opens the door and comes and gives her a big hug and Hyatt when she comes in, does the kind of the side hug thing. But then they sit in silence because the language barrier hits again. As Memphis, it seems like Rywa speaks a little English, but Memphis is just rattling off way too fast. So she has to slow down. Gosh, I know. She's so like not cognizant of how fast she talks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. And especially people get nervous. And I know a lot mm -hmm. of people when they get nervous, just start talk, 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 talk. So anyway, they both want to get to know her better, but they're like, eh, we met her one night. We won't know her very well right now. It takes time. So then Hamza takes her stuff into the room and she wants to have an important conversation. Basically, how she's not about to marry somebody that she hasn't had sex with. So how are we going to get that in in the meantime? So his plan is to sneak into the room after mom goes to sleep and oh, they can gosh. like do it quietly because that's what everybody wants their first time is, shh, <sighs> don't wake up, mom. Thank God. Again, like like a teenager. But anyway, Memphis would rather get a hotel room so that they can be respectful to his mother not by not violating her house rules and also not have to be weird, sneaky and quiet. So and that's especially true because, you know, mom's supposed to approve this whole marriage. So we kind of skipped over the next morning and doesn't seem like that hotel room thing happened <laughs> as uh, Hamza's definitely in Memphis's room. And mom is like knocking on the door to wake up Memphis. Um, and like as when she's about to knock, Memphis opens the door and is like, oh, hi. <laughs> so she Memphis thinks, oh, fucking shit, because it's there. And Hyatt then walks into the room, sees Hamza, like who clearly was asleep and uh, then just says, uh, OK, and then leaves and goes to pace into the kitchen. All right, so, um, geez, could you think of any worse way to get introduced to somebody's mother? No, I mean, they met the night before. They did I mean, meet they the were... night before, so I get that it could have been the actual first meeting, but like, 
you know, I'm just thinking the day, the first time you're going to do something, you meet them. And then the next time they see you, you're in bed with their with their their child. It is not good. I mean, it's not good all around. Based on what I saw on this episode and the preview, I don't see this happening. I don't see them getting married at least on this trip, like Memphis had originally planned. Yeah, I mean, they might try make it work a little bit longer. But, I mean, they really don't have anything holding their relationship together except for sex or the potential of sex. And I think yeah. there's like that kind of mystery, right? Like that anticipation and you getting excited about like and the fantasy of it. Because mm-hmm. clearly they had, don't have any kind of communication going on. And what no. kills me is how many of these couples or the individuals who are like, I didn't not knowing the other language would be this hard it's like it really makes me feel like maybe they're not well traveled and maybe they haven't been in a situation where everybody speaks one language and you don't speak their language because it's incredibly frustrating like you know if you go to a country where you don't know the language and you're trying to even do simple things like order something off of a menu there's a Mm -hmm. lot of gesturing and you know sometimes you're bold enough to try attempt to say what it is what you think it is but sometimes you're just embarrassed about it too and so you just don't even try and so it's like that whole frustration of that language barrier i mean that's like your relationship and that just seems like why would you intentionally choose that it does it does i I guess my thing is just and it's not even that hard to like kind of prep yourself to get to the mindset. It's just mm-hmm. like she was going to Tunisia, put something on the TV in Arabic and turn off the subtitles. Yeah. That's life. Good. Go. Like that's what, that's what it's going to be like. Right. And it's not that hard to like be like, Oh wow, this is, this is nutso. Right. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're going with nobody who can translate for you, nobody can. And it's, it's fine. And people like the adventure. And I'm not saying there are people who don't like that experience, but you're not trying to build a relationship off of that. Right. And it's just crazy that she thought she could. I have a friend and he lived in Japan for a very long time. And I would say that his uh, Japanese was um, pretty functional. Like, and I'm not saying he, you know, was bad at or anything. I mean, he lived there for, I think, like six years. So, I mean, he was pretty good. Um, When I went out to visit, we were able to get around. He, you know, fluent conversationally. But he struggled dating people there because even though he was able to communicate with them, being able to have more deep conversations was a challenge. And he would say that to me all the time. He would say, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm attracted to them. They're attracted to me. It's not like we don't know about, you know, things that we're interested in. We can talk about things like, you know, music or, you know, movies or things that you did that day. But he's like to have a deep conversation. That's not something that is typically in kind of like uh, your basic levels of language. And so it's very difficult to have serious conversations with them. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, everything seems to be the first things you learn. And when I say the first things that it is that is dealing with years in is still mostly functional stuff. Right. Uh huh. Food, you know, Prices yeah. of things, how to get around, where's the bathroom, and then, and then even when you get even when things. you get into like you get it you, you get farther along and you're having actual conversations about what kind of music do you like and what mm-hmm. kind of movies and where did we go this weekend and we're gonna do this and making plans and you can have 
and you can get by totally. But yeah, that, that, that like deep emotional talk where getting in touch with your feelings, because I, native speakers have trouble with that. Like, right. I want to make sure I say yeah. this right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's yeah. hard for me yeah, to say it, definitely. do it in English, let alone, let alone something like that. So I just, I, I just don't know how she feels connected to him at all. And then, you know, you're right. Besides the fact that he's attractive. And then, you know, we saw in the preview that didn't go as well as she had hoped. Right. So, That's why I kind <laughs> so of feel like left. this is doomed to failure, because it's like if you're basically hinging your entire relationship on this mind blowing, life changing sex you're going to have and then you have it and it's less than what you had expected it to be. It's like you can't fall back on things like a you know, a good personality, like Johnny says of um, Ella, you know, so it's kind of like you are her number one African man. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was also weird when Johnny's uh, or Ella said that about Johnny, because it's like, do you have other Asian men that are like lined up in some weird way? And Johnny just happens to be number one. Well, and then then we didn't even get last week into her whole weird thing about like grouping asia as like a single monoculture like i'm into asia like that indian guy and also also these japanese people and this chinese guy like all the same like it it was very sly yes yeah but like uh yeah but i mean at least i'm curious about how it goes we saw in the preview you know things went a little faster than she had hoped (laughs) yeah which which is funny because it's the it sounds like the opposite of what her other problem was. She, she was like, oh, before the last guy I was with, he just, it was, it was, we had intimacy problems. He just, she felt like she was not attractive and he didn't right. want her. And then this one's just like, oh, hey. And, it, and like, clearly it's not that you weren't attractive. Like yeah. that was not the problem. But at the same time, if she's not getting hers, oh, then it's that frustrating. Oh, it's frustrating, frustrating for yeah. a different reason. I guess but it's is what it's funny to me, two things about having that kind of conversation. I'm sure we'll talk more about it next week when it actually plays out is that one, you're expecting him to understand what you're saying to him, because once again, this is not your typical conversational conversation. Practical and it's something that's usually couched in like, like not metaphors, but like cliches and like yeah. cliches. Yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like that, and I don't know, I think that's pretty ballsy and bold to kind of be critical of someone after the first time. On their first time? time? Yeah. The first time? No. I feel yeah. like everybody doesn't, I feel like most of the time you're like, well, it was the first time, let's see what happens. Right. Like, that, you get a mulligan on that one, and then we'll see how things go down the line. Yeah, so I don't know, it just seems like she... If she's so quick to be critical about something that I think most people are like kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say embarrassed, but maybe more hesitant, Mm -hmm. you know, want to hold back, especially at the beginning. It just seems like this is the personality of someone who is going to constantly be nagging and being critical of you for the rest of your life. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. If if they even get permission from mom, because I don't even know how you get permission from mom at this point after that. Yeah, like I have no idea, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, So let's move on to another couple where the language barrier was an issue. And that's Mike and Jimena. Uh, Mike has finally landed in Colombia. He's nervous about their chemistry. And if I guess she is who she says she is, Jimena is waiting for him and they both run to hug. Jimena starts crying as they kiss. 
Mike thinks the first kiss was amazing. Well, Jimena thought it was very small. And speaking of, she thinks he looks much smaller in general in real life. They make small talk in the car as Mike gets a phone call and quickly rejects it. Jimena asks who it is, and Mike says his dad, and Jimena asks why he rejected the call. And he keeps responding with, I love you. I'm mm-hmm. assuming he didn't understand what she was asking, if I was to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to eat and sit in relative silence, not even really looking at each other. Jimena is noting how awkward this is and starts to ask him questions. Mike finally busts out the translator. The It's the egg. The infamous, terrible translating egg is back. Yes, they purposely <laughs> gave him the same egg, right? That was on purpose. Yeah. But <laughs> it's kind of struggling. Uh, oh, I think the egg came later. The first was the phone, but it was struggling because of lack I- of internet. Yeah, no service, right? Yeah. So later, Mike goes to meet Jimena's parents, her brother, her sister-in-law, her sister, and her two uh, sons, Harold and Juan. Mike tries to use the translator egg, but it's already making funny mistakes. Uh, The only thing he seems to know how to say is he's happy. Jimena's dad doesn't really see them having a future because of the language barrier. The family thinks the translator is garbage. Jimena wishes she could help him, but she doesn't know English, so, you know, he's on his own. He awkwardly hugs the kids and tells them that he loves them. Yeah, I think that's another phrase that he knew, is he knew, I'm happy and te amo. Yeah, oh my gosh. (laughs) So he's just telling everyone he loves them. So the boys say they really like Mike and want him to be their stepdad because he's the best boyfriend they've met. Later kind of implies that they've only met this one, I don't know, other than their actual father's. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike is hanging out with the family and he seems to be making a good impression on the kids, but he's starting to get tired. The boys typically sleep in the bed with Jimena, but getting the boys to sleep in their own beds is proving to be difficult as there is a lot of protest behavior happening. Jimena was expecting sex and she says, as long as it's good, everything will be okay. All right. Um... I heard on the podcast and other podcasts out there that just Jimena straight up scamming on the last uh, episode, right? But I told you I hadn't seen that episode. Right, right. So having not seen the previous episode, it didn't seem all that scammy to me. But so based on this episode, do you still think Jimena be scamming? Um, yeah, I mean, I think she's a good scammer. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think this this is definitely the the cut we get where it's like, maybe not, but mm-hmm. like, okay. So, and it was a bit cut because l- last week, like the biggest thing was she walked into the apartment, was yes. like, uh, so I have one baby daddy with this guy, another baby daddy of my three-year-old who's in prison, who I got pregnant from after he was in prison because that sounded really hot. <laughs> um, and by the way, here's my apartment. Let me point to all of you things Mike has bought for here. Like it was Gosh. very, it, it was like, oh, like it definitely, definitely tried to make it sound like she was still with the guy who was in prison. Uh, yeah, yeah. I heard you all talking about that. I mean, I saw the preview where she was pointing out all the stuff and Mike got me this and Mike got me this and this mm-hmm. and this. So, I mean, obviously this time it's there, but how are you going to keep the scam going? You're going to keep the scam going by 
not giving him anything, right? By just pretending like, oh, you're nothing, you're nothing. The fact that the whole family is there. Yes, that was the part that I was kind of like, oh, why would you introduce your whole family? But I mean, Nicole met Azin and his whole family and they claim to love Nicole. And I thought that was a whole bizarre situation. It is, it is. But I also could see like, hey, you're going to have to beat all my family so they can start asking you for money too. Like you got to know oh, who they are. Interesting. <laughs> That's yeah. Good theory there. So uh, that, that could, that could be it. Like, Amanda has a lot of tattoos like oh, all yeah. over the place. She does. She got them swirling around her belly button. Yep. She, she definitely looks like she would have a prison boyfriend. Like she yes. seems like a little rough around the edges a little bit. Right. Yeah, yeah, someone who would be into that. And so it just seems to me like, how do you go from the girl who likes bad boys to Mike? You know, it's like, mm, I think she said like something like he has a sweet face. Like that was like his redeeming quality. It's kind of like, do you even like sweet faces? Yeah, that didn't seem like sweet faces. Well, and I also think she was into like burly, big burly, which I could see like firemen. Okay. All right. Not Mike, but most firemen, when you have that stereotype of firemen, you go, okay. But I think she's taller than him. I couldn't see if she was wearing heels. She was probably wearing heels. Because, uh, w- yeah, the couple times where they were like standing next to each other in the interview, so it was really just waist up. I was like, oh, she's taller than him, but I couldn't tell yeah. she was wearing shoes. Yeah, she didn't seem to be ready for that, which. Yeah. Is that does that mean they didn't she didn't ask about his height or he lied about his height or she was didn't know what it meant in feet and she was like, I know this in meters. That's exactly Uh what I was going to say, because I think sometimes people will put their height in centimeters. Uh Is it centimeters? Yeah. So it ends up being some really large kind of number. And so when a guy puts that on, you know, because I've seen it on dating apps where they'll be like, I'm 185 centimeters. It's like, that sounds really tall, but I have no idea. That could be 5'1 for all I know. I think 185 is is right about six feet. But I'm sure in Colombia they use centimeters for height. I'm sure if you said, oh, if I'm 5'7, they'd be like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay. Jimena does not look like the type of person who is going to be looking that up on some unit converter. Yes. But she does seem like a kind of person that would be like, what's that in centimeters? (laughs) You tell me. Yeah, I don't know. So, I I mean, it was... I want to say it's it was cute with the kids. I mean, it was super cute how the kid wanted to sleep in his fireman outfit. Yes. But- I thought it was awkward. I mean, quite honestly, I if that were to yeah. happen, you know, if I had kids and my new partner came in and first thing he said, I love you. I don't know. It just I think for yeah. me also, yeah. just in general, as someone who is admittedly not incredibly demonstrative um, with my feelings all the time, especially when I'm kind of like when it's like new, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I feel weird about I love you so soon because they seem really empty to me. Like oh, it's totally. not like it doesn't have meaning. It's just something you say, like I'm supposed to love you because you're my partner's kids. So I'm going to say I love you. But it's not because you know them enough to like really have developed that relationship to love them. And so it just seems really empty. Yeah. Oh, no, I totally. I mean, that that thing with you said when I was like, maybe he said that because it's literally one of the three things in Spanish <laughs> yeah. he knows how to say. And they were yeah. like all over him. Right. Um, but it does. It does. It's like it, it 
It's, I mean, it's a conversation we've had before. How can you love me? You don't know me. Right. Like how, that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. But I mean, they, they also both seem like very desperate for any kind of yeah. uh, attention. Yeah. Right. I was shocked when they were like, I love Mike. I want him to be my stepdad. I was like, based on what? He hadn't even given you the gifts yet. But I think like. <laughs> they knew, the, the, they knew the toys were coming. Right. The interview was happening after uh, yeah. you know, they got the toys. Because I was like, what has he done so far that you're like, hello, daddy. It's like, why? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So then the question is that, because that's always the question that comes up on the, before the 90 days is when they're going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And like. That is tough. If she sleeps with those both of those kids every day, yeah. every night, that kid is not going to like sleep through the night. He's going to end up in that bed. Yeah. Like they had it at the end. It was like, oh, here we go. Lights out, crying, light back on. <laughs> like, yeah, I have so no I idea. And so I wonder if it's going to – I wouldn't say an excuse, but like I mean I get the impression that Mike is probably pretty nervous about making things happen. I think so too. I, I don't see him making the first move. Yeah, so he's not going to be like, whoa, girl, can we have the kid in bed? I hope he'd be like, oh, well, kid's yeah. in bed. I think so, too. All right. So that leaves me with Kim and Usman. All right. So Kim is starting out the morning with an ice bath for her swollen ankles because Usman is not going to want to get with someone whose boobs and butt are smaller than her ankles. We saw last episode that she hasn't yet secured the bag, but she's hoping to get some more time alone after a team meeting this morning. So the team meeting, of course, is with Badmiss and Slam T, who he Usman reassures that, you know, she didn't he didn't stay. You know, she, she gave me a computer and a video game and we moved on. So Usman, they tell Usman that they have an opportunity today before the video shoot begins to meet with um, a um, Tanzanian artist, Rosary. He agrees without hesitation. And then we see some of Rosary's music video, too, going for that kind of bad girl mm-hmm. rapper, Megan the Stallion type thing. But she's much smaller. Anyway, then Kimberly gets there and immediately things get awkward. So it's a four-sided table, and instead of sitting at the empty side, she, like, does that thing where she pulls her chair over to where Usman's sitting and, oh like, God. sits next to him, um, which I thought was weird. And then immediately starts bickering with the other guys over whether or not she said Soja Boy yet when she um, met him or if she's only said Usman. Anyway, Slam T is worried that the paparazzi is going to see him holding hands with another old lady. And then Usman tells her about the meeting with Rosarie, which he says is definitely not a date, but a business meeting. So he offers to let her tag along. And then I got really confused about what happened here. Because at first she said, no, don't worry about it. It's your business. Go go yourself. But then Slam T had a big sigh. So then Kim was like, well, what's that about? Why did you sigh? And then after that, it ends up that now she's going to this meeting. <laughs> So anyway, she thinks the whole thing is set up by uh, the friends as a way to like, you know, attract him to somebody, get him set up with somebody more attractive and push her out. So then we skip to the meeting. Kim and Usman get there and they have a chat at the table before Rosa gets there. She doesn't know why they're spending their limited alone time meeting with another woman. But while waiting, Kim starts freaking out about whether she should actually be there. And then they sit in awkward silence for a while. So Usman is increasingly doubtful about his decision to invite Kimberly here when Rosa finally shows up. She orders just the water and then Usman gets down to business, but she ordered it in Swahili. So they talked about that. 
he needs some dancers and she's very gracious to be like, I got you. All you have to do is ask. I'll hook it up. And, you know, Kimberly, Kim is kind of upset about that. She feels like now she's at the third wheel and a meeting that doesn't involve her at all, which is true, but it's making her <laughs> jealous. So she eventually, Rosa does, asks, what is this lady doing here? Um, <laughs> and then they explain about how he's her, she's his potential. And then, you know, she gets back in her good side because when they're talking, um, when they're talking about the relationship, uh, Usman says the word marriage. So done. Fantastic. Kim's happy. <laughs> so it, it and then they kind of talk about how it makes Kim the potential weefy for Rosa because they're friends and your friend's wife is a weefy. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, even if she does, even if Kim does think the whole thing is a shady setup. So I'm going to start about that. What do you think about Kim's theory is uh, being a setup? Is it does it hold water for you? Um, I don't know if she means set up like trying to replace Kim. Yes, that's what she means. She means they they wanted him to go on a, with this girl as a not date, hoping that he'll hit it off with her and dump Kim. That's what she thinks is going to happen. I kind of they think that they don't necessarily care about Usman's actual relationships. They're just – they care about the image, right? And yes. so if he can be seen with this person and if he ends up being friends with this person and kind of running in the same circles as this person, it would be very good for his image. So I think right. that's what they really care about. Um, and I think for them, bonus – if he actually like hits it off with her and like starts dating her because they made it pretty clear that Kim Bali is bad for his image. And I, I don't even get what's going on. I just kind of felt like he, he was like, Oh, she bought me stuff. So I guess things are going good. It's like, is that the measure of your relationship? How much shit you get? Yeah, well, I mean, she must be happy if she's buying me stuff, right? That's uh, that's good. Cool. I mean, this is a little bit of a different one. Like, she's very, very insecure in this relationship. I mean, yeah. as she should be. He won't even call her any – you're my potential girlfriend. That isn't like, even a thing. Every time I hear it, it I'm just like, not stop it. No, it's like – I feel like – no, but I feel like we have that thing. It just – you don't – you don't go to Africa for that thing. That that thing right. for me is the phrase I would use is someone I'm talking to. Yes, right? I was just going to say <laughs> the way I kind of see it, there's levels, right? Yeah. The very bottom is what I would say. I'm talking to someone right now. The yes. next one, I would be like, I'm seeing someone right now. I'm yes. dating someone right now. <laughs> this person I'm in a relationship with. Yes. And that I mean, that's when they get the girlfriend, boyfriend that goes with right. it, right? Is relationship. Well, OK, even before relationship, I would say maybe even a baby step. And sometimes it's completely skipped over is just the we're exclusive. OK, I can see that. Yeah. But yes. But I, so at best, at best, potential is seeing someone i feel like it's still talking to someone yeah i like, feel like it's talking to someone too <laughs> and it just sounds stupid my it potential does. girlfriend so like and, and to me that would be i wouldn't go the other way if i was talking to someone and they were like here's a fucking ps5 i'd be like what do you wow. think this relationship is like <laughs> like i would be I, it would scare me off right I think it kind of depends on like where you are, right? Because are you kind of thinking it 
from the perspective of this is something that I don't need or if I really wanted, I would buy it myself. Well, yeah, that's pretty much where I would be at. It's 100 percent a gift. Yes. Yeah. So I think in some ways, like, you know, maybe he really needed a laptop. So let's kind of put it in perspective of, you know, things that you would really like. If someone mm-hmm. were just to buy you a car, right? Be weird. Oh, I'm not saying it wouldn't be weird, but you'd be like, yeah, I really need right. this. And it would be one thing if it was like, I totally would get it if he was like paying for the PS5 and was like, oh, sweet. You got a hold of one. I can't get those here. They're only yeah. in America, right? Or the MacBook Pro because that was the laptop. It was a nice laptop. Yeah. Right? But that's not what it seems like. It no. seems like she is 100% trying to buy, him. buy his affection. Yeah, definitely. Um, I saw it that and, way too. And I mean, they continue. And it ca- but now we kind of see the other side of that coin where she has the jealousy. Yeah. Right? And that, that thing of you kind of called it from her from the very beginning where she wants to be cool, but she's yeah. not. Right. Like she wants to be the cool girlfriend. Like, oh, yeah, you can have a meeting. Oh, you can go on this pseudo date with someone else. Whatever. Yeah. And then but it's all but really is like, mm, I don't like that. I think I should be there, but not really. But I shouldn't. But I don't. And then uh, yeah. and it's like, thankfully, this this woman they met with was, you know, charming. And she and, was super cool. Like, I want to be friends with her. Oh, yeah, I definitely would be friends with her. Yeah, she was awesome. <laughs> Because yeah. she just rolled with it. Like yeah, this is a weird like, thing. Yeah, she was whatever. like, I'm gonna go with it. That's what you yeah. got. That's the vibe you got going out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on it too. I know. And yeah, she was totally cool. But at the same time, like someone that's that cool is like so above Usman, right? So it's kind of like you don't uh, have yeah. anything to be worried about. Yeah. You think yeah. she's even giving Usman a second look? She's just like, whatever. <laughs> no, no. She's that's why cool she can be you. part of the reason you can be so cool is because you don't care and you don't care because they're so far below you. What's, what's yeah. the point of caring about it? Right, yeah. right. So, <laughs> mm. all right. Um, let's talk about Caleb and Alina. That's the last couple we have to talk about. So it is the next morning. Uh, Caleb is bringing Alina coffee in bed. He tells us that nothing happened physically and prattles off a multitude of reasons why. He was tired and sh- she was tired. <laughs> he was tired. Tired, tired. Yeah. Plane ride. It, if he felt bad. Oh, um, also, she took too long to wash her face. Oh, yes. So Alina's <laughs> upset they didn't even cuddle and there was no affection. Instead, she says she went to wash her face and he fell asleep. And he says, well, it took you 10 minutes to wash your face. So she says she's not a thirsty ass bitch and wasn't begging him for dick. He says that now he's had some sleep, he's a whole different person, more terrible person, and he's in a great mood now, so let's forget about the night before. He pulls in Alina for hugs and cuddles, and all is forgotten because of his manly arms. Caleb gives her some presents, including a trash necklace. He tries to spin it, saying it's <laughs> eco-friendly. And then he gives her a backpack that he intends on carrying her around in on hikes. She actually finds it kind of endearing rather than offensive. Caleb is struggling to help Alina down the stairs, where he's not actually dragging her behind him. Uh, but they make their way down the stairs to meet with Elijah. Caleb calls Elijah stunning, although it did seem a little condescending. Uh, Elijah is trying not to be judgy. 
He gets the girls let's dish pose on and asks Caleb how yesterday went. He was surprised that Caleb fell asleep. Caleb gets sassy and a bit defensive about it. Elijah isn't sold on Caleb and he feels like there is some tension there. It's pretty clear that Elijah doesn't like Caleb as they are both weirdly passive aggressive over how to assist Alina with her wheelchair. They all go sightseeing and Elijah and Caleb get a chance to themselves. Caleb immediately starts talking about energy and chakras and Elijah has a what the fuck moment before he talks about how Caleb needs to respect Alina's needs. Caleb is annoyed that Elijah is now going to go to dinner with them. Elijah points out Caleb's rudeness of pouring his own water uh, first and taking a sip of his cocktail before everyone else. Caleb then makes a toast to his best friend, Alina, which Alina is clearly disappointed by. Caleb asks Elijah about Alina's last relationship, and Alina reveals that she was living with her ex until recently. Oh, she revealed it to us, not to him. Mm -hmm. Alina didn't tell Caleb about it because she was scared Caleb would lose interest and not pursue her. Caleb then hints uh, for Elijah to leave, and Elijah hesitantly says, oh, he's tired and excuses himself. Caleb suggests they go back to the room now that there is a sense of serenity now that Elijah is gone. He takes Alina back to the room and kisses her uh, almost immediately and then throws her on the bed and they start making out and they're like all on top of each other rolling around. Yeah, there's lots of rolling in like three seconds. He sounds like he's an exhausting person to sleep with. Like he's going to switch positions every three seconds. God, he seems like an exhausting person to be around. Okay, so Caleb was definitely like claws out, sassy, condescending. You know, he was not so kind to Elijah. And I get it. Elijah was also kind of equally guarded and, you know, ready to be passive aggressive. Uh, but did you think Caleb was out of line in this episode? Um, I mean, I think Caleb made some mistakes, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, that weren't great. And I don't think he's a great thinker and I don't think he thinks his acts through. But I don't think anything he specifically said or did to Elijah was out of line, to mm-hmm. be honest. Actually, I thought Elijah was out of line mm-hmm. um, from the from the cut, like from the get down. Like, well, because there was no good answer to basically him coming down and being like, well, did you fuck? <laughs> right? Because it was either yes, in which case, oh, so you're a slut person or no, which is like, well, then what's wrong with what's wrong with her? You don't like her very much. Like it was it was he's, he's trapping her from the beginning and then he does. And perhaps this is just me because I'm personally triggered by this. I hate when people go on and on and on about like random bits of politeness that they more or less made up in their head and Mm -hmm. they get mad when I violate it. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I can't believe you poured your water before you poured hers. It's like 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 people who get upset, like people walking down the street and they'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that guy. How, how, How disrespectful. He let her walk on the inside of the sidewalk. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and, you know, and like going after somebody for like things like that or drinking before the toast and like not just saying it. And I personally it gets me because I always forget the one where people expect you to like do the say good morning and have some small talk before getting down to like business. And I'm always just coming into somebody's office and be like, hey, so somebody told somebody I got a call from so and so. It's that blah, blah. They're like, oh, yeah. well, good morning to you, too. And I'm yeah. like. All right. Good morning. I would admit I'm not the best at that, but I have learned in networking (laughs) that you kind of have to be, right? 
Um, okay, so that's interesting that that was your take on their situation because um, speaking specifically about how Caleb poured his drink and Elijah kind of called him out on it. The way I interpreted that is that Elijah was basically trying to point out that Caleb doesn't kind of consider other people before himself. And that's just something that is going to be problematic if he's the one who's assisting Alina with things. This kind of like me first attitude. And then you're kind of like, oh, yeah, Alina, she's back there somewhere. Kind of like how he was like me first and charging down those stairs. And Alina's like, what the hell? I can't walk that fast. You're basically dragging me behind you. I mean, I'm not saying that Caleb isn't wrong and that he does primarily think about what he wants. Mm -hmm. But like, that's not Elijah's job to say that to him into mm -hmm. his face. It might be his job to tell Alina, hey, this guy is always putting himself first. Did you notice how he came down the stairs first? Did you notice how he poured his drink first? Not to correct him like he's my goddamn godfather or sure. something like that. You know, that's not your – no, what are you doing telling me what to do? I, a grown man tells me what to do. I'm going to be pissed. I'm gonna be, somebody I just met is yelling at me about whose drink I poured first. I'm right. going to be pissed. I do think it is some cultural stuff for sure. And I also think that Elijah is really taking his role as protector very seriously because I think he knows that Alina would not confront Caleb about it. Although – I would also say that she seemed to defend herself okay. Like when she was talking to him about, you know, him falling asleep and she was kind of expecting more. I mean, she brought that up on her own. She didn't need Elijah there for that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel I got, I definitely got a vibe that she's capable of more than Elijah gives her credit for. Mm -hmm. um, both, both with that kind of stuff, like, oh, he needs me to correct her. And she, did fine with him falling asleep. And then mm -hmm. he bought out the presents and she was like, so this is like uh, trash that they turned into jewelry because nobody wanted it. Is that what this <laughs> is? You got me trash. Right. Yeah. And she, you know, she's like, I'm not thirsty for dick. Like she is, was fine talking about it to him. Right. And then they went to the mosque and they were in the mosque and he was like, I'm going to go up these stairs. Oh, I know you can't go. Do you mind if I go up for a minute? And she was like, yes. And he was like, well, I can't believe he came up here without her. And she was like, he was like, She's a woman who makes her own decisions. And I yeah. asked her if she wanted to come up here and she said no. If she if I could come up here without her and she said no. Like mm -hmm. so she's – you know what I'm saying? Like it, it seems like he doesn't think Alina can even make her own decisions. Um, yeah. And like, well, I know you said that but I, I – I, and maybe people are like that and I people who are like that need to get over themselves. Like I know you said I could come up here by myself but I really didn't want you to. Like right. that bothers me too. So – I just I, – I feel like she is better at looking out for herself, you know, emotionally and with what she wants than he might give her credit for as, as much as she true. needs to help her physically. Right. I think that's true. But at the same time, I think he's thinking more of it emotionally because I think we've all kind of seen that friend that is very well-intentioned that makes poor relationship choices. And it's like, you know, if – he thinks that she's vulnerable in other ways that she he might just want feel like that extra need to have to protect her from herself and making bad decisions. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't see how going after the other the guy in public in front of her. In fact, I, I can see how that could backfire. Right. Mm -hmm. If you if you if you try to do that and you try to come for the guy and point out his flaws and you misfire and you look like the asshole. 
in their eyes, then they're not going to believe what you say and they're not going to see what they're trying to show them. It's just interesting because I definitely watched this and was team Elijah. No, I definitely (laughs) I was not team Caleb. Caleb's a dick. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. Because there's a lot of things. And when he said my best friend, it's like, oh, my God, (laughs) are you kidding me with that? Like. Like and and yeah, so a lot of some of that was going on, but yeah, no, I was like, I was like Elijah could have been taking taking mental notes and talking to Alina about it later, mm-hmm. not calling him out right then, and not the first time you meet him. Yeah, yeah. Like, because it, it, it just said is like Elijah was like it was like hi, nice to meet you. I'm Caleb, and Elijah was like we gonna fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't even know me, and you're already trying to fight me. Oh goodness. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, We have seen all the couples. I think we have some more couples coming up that we haven't seen. Yeah, there is another one, I think. But I don't know about them yet. They'll show up when they show up. I know. Okay. So uh, out of the group that we've seen this week, who was your student of the week? I mean, it was tough going, Mm -hmm. but I went with... Mike, I did too. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't. Yeah, I was. He was good sport about it. It was a weird situation. Eh, the, I saying love you, I to, love the you kids, to the kids. Was weird. That's yeah. weird, but it's not exactly bad. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Yeah, and I mean, and to be fair, I don't think that's the first time he's talked to the kids. I'm pretty sure they've talked like online and stuff. Uh, well, let's hope. All right, how yeah. about your dunce? Um, I'm with Kim. Okay. Um, just because. Because, like I said before, that that thing where she she's she's so obviously pretending to try to be the cool girlfriend, right, right. But also the cool potential, right? The cool potential, right? But also the way she treats his friends. Yeah, it was like before she even met them, she's like, "I don't like these guys. They're trying to break us up." Yeah, and then like and then like in front of them acts a certain way when the friends are like, "Oh yeah, we need to break him up with this guy, <laughs> this girl. She's nuts." I can definitely see this going by the way of Angela and all of a sudden like these and are the goofballs. goofballs yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can see it. All right. Uh, my dance was Memphis. Like what was yeah. she doing trying to pick a fight with Hamza in the car over the phone like almost immediately? And it yes. was over something so stupid. It was because it wasn't like it was some other woman on his wallpaper. It was right. it was himself, which if I saw Hamza and said, what's on that guy's phone wallpaper? And I was like, uh, him without a shirt on. <laughs> get yeah, guaranteed. That's yeah but is. at the same time, it's kind of like, <laughs> yes, you could guess that. And I would be like, douche. I think it says more something about you than other than to be mad that you're not on it, I guess. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that primarily um, it was a good start, but I, I didn't want to say primarily because then the insistence on having sex before, it's just, I don't know. It just <sighs> seems like. You can't necessarily insist that when you're the one who's pushing for the marriage. I don't think he's pushing for the marriage, you know? And so you're like demanding these things to happen for the thing that you're demanding. Yeah, I didn't really put that that part together because I was totally like, yes, I would also not marry someone that I never slept with. Mm -hmm. That would would be off the table. But I wouldn't also say – Hi, nice to meet you. We're getting married in two weeks and we need to sleep together tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it in your mom's house. <laughs> so, right. 
So that that is a little that is a lot much. Yes. Right. So I don't know. She just seems to be super demanding. And I just can see this blowing up in her face and everybody's face, really. Like I've demanded all these things and it has not lived up to my expectations. I'm done. Right. But because and I, I, I think you're right. I think she's also overplaying her hand. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't get married if this X, Y and Z and he's going to be like, OK, OK, <laughs> <laughs> we won't get married then. Fine. No problem. Right. He's like, I thought you're the one who wanted to get married because <laughs> yeah. I guarantee she bought her own ring. Oh, yeah, totally. He's, he's not buying her a ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sexy time ring. Sexy time. Boobies. Yeah, Boobies. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So my life lesson is, a, you know. Pretty, pretty universal, pretty always. But this one came up specifically for Johnny this time. Mm. Never expect anybody to change either mentally or physically right. just because you're in a relationship with them. Oh, my gosh. Right. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't happen. That, you know, that's very, very true. I'll be the magic one who changes them. That's what's going to happen. Like, <sighs> I know, right? That's such an immature, I think, view. You get a, And I don't mean that like as derogatory as it came out but uh it's more so you see that more with younger people right yes that's that true kind well, of mentality and it, and it, 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 it tends to happen i don't know how many johnny's had one other relationship because it tends to happen because you try it three or four times and you're like this doesn't work at all like right. nobody ever changes yeah and i think also maybe you have the attitude because when you're younger too people are less set in their ways and then oh, when you're yeah. older you realize no, ain't no one changing because everyone's really set in their ways. Fair. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My life lesson is uh, inspired by Caleb. Um, always do your best to make a good impression on the friends. They will either be the biggest supporters or the biggest enemies of your relationship, depending on if they personally like you or not. So, I, and you know, I say it's inspired by Caleb, but really Kimbali, too. It's just kind of like, yeah. you know, we see this all the time where, you know, the partner comes at the friends and it's kind of like, you know, yeah, guess what? The friends are going to be plotting how to get rid of you if they don't like you. So, I mean, yeah. at least I mean, and- try <laughs> But you have to come up with – and I feel like in both of their sick cases, I feel like the way they justify it to themselves, they come at it, is basically in both of those cases, they think that these friends are here to cock block me. That is the only reason these friends are here. That's all they're doing. (laughs) So they are my enemies immediately and they don't want to like me. You know what's interesting though and about this and this is – because I really do feel this way, um, especially with uh, friends of the – opposite sex so same sex as the you know the partner um you know it's like i would always be able to tell you know my guy friends when i met their girlfriends Mm -hmm. their partners how like how it really said a lot about their character if they were nice to me you know because they yeah you know if anything they could be jealous or suspicious of you know the friendship but if they were nice to me it was because they were genuinely a nice person you know and so i would definitely report back to my friends like yeah this person wasn't very nice to me and i and i think it really said more about that than if they were nice to you know let's in my case their guy friends because in their, you know, if they're being nice to the guy friends, it's like, well, who knows? She might be interested in them, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, she's oh. going to be nice to them. You know, you're trying to flirt with the guy friends. But there's no reason for you to try win me over other than you care about your partner 
or you're actually just, or you're a, nice just a nice person that yeah. likes getting along with people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you're going to like flirt your way to like having the guy friends like you, that doesn't really say anything about you. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I don't know if that has much. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, yeah, I suppose so. I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So um, I will hopefully be caught up by next week. Uh, right. But uh, we will be back next week. And so will the yep. show. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I think. Oh, also next week is when the Love During Lockup oh, show it? starts. Oh. So that's going to be on our other channel. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I feel like it really could go either way, especially based on the weird trailers we've seen for it. They're so weird that I kind of worry about the execution of the show. Yeah, I do worry because I, I, I totally because it seems like some of the weakest episodes of the season are the before anybody gets together. Yeah, and it's gonna, gonna be like that's gonna be the whole season. Right. They're not gonna be together, right? Well, yeah. So, so yeah, but like I said, it's the trailers and their weird direction that make me really question who's yeah. editing this and putting together the storyline. So yeah, so. Come see what we think about the first episode on our <laughs> other channel and then come back here for 90 Day. Okay, sounds good. We'll see you all next week. All right. Okay, bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.